No JQ. No Max. Who's going to be my co-host today? We shall see. We shall see. But that said, let's hit that intro. Let's get talking about RC. We got quite a lot to talk about this week, but mostly it's going to be about the 2010 IFMAR World Championships with Matty G when he shows up. But I have to do some RC news and all that stuff first. So let's just hit that intro. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 256 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keena White, a.k.a. Lefted Great, and I'm back after uh, a two-week hiatus, I would say, more or less. Uh, yeah. You know, guys, I had to do a couple of races. I was off the off uh, doing the H2GP as well as the Georgia Peach State Classic. I will touch on them briefly, but I'm going to probably do a whole podcast or uh, recap with them. Not a recap, but a chat with them next week when Max gets on her. And also I might have another Max who's actually in charge of the H2 Horizon uh, uh, Horizon Educational Program that put on the H2GP to talk about it. But with that said, this week, the podcast is all about the 2023 110 scale IFMAR Off-Road World Championships that happened as well last week. Maddie G., I, AKA the spleenless wonder will be joining me later on to talk about that, but we have to do some shout outs and all that good stuff and talk about some quick RC news. With that said, I like to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. Uh, thank you for all the support. We can't do this without you. It was great to meet and uh, meet new ones, new people who have, who are supporters of the show at uh, actually I met some at the H2GP and I met some more at the Peach State Classic. So thank you to everybody that shows the podcast some love, shows me some love. We cannot do this without your support. Thank you very much. Also, big shout out to the patrons and new uh, NNRC YouTube members. You guys go the extra mile helping to support this podcast uh, financially as well. That really helps me out. I greatly appreciate it. If you wish to support this podcast, you like what we're doing, uh, there's links for that in the written description of the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Every little bit helps. Also. Thank you to these awesome companies. And I have to say, if you are a company interested in advertising on this platform in 2024, please hit me up. Uh, also, we're doing race promotions as well. We have rates for that as well. You want to promote your race? Come hit me up as well. 
But with that said, I'd like to say thank you to all these sponsors. Remember, everybody, there are affiliate links, coupon codes, and links to all of these sponsors and ad companies in the written description of this podcast. Some uh, don't have any coupon codes or affiliate links. So if you can just say, hey, I heard about you on the No Name RC podcast. It helps me out quite a lot. It helps the podcast out. They are InvisibleSpeed.net, HighTechRC, SunPedal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Stacked RC, Donathan RC, Racecraft USA, shout out to the Florida RC Championships, WRC, Danny Paz, shout out to my boy Gene, Gene Strout doing builds as well, check him out at SJ Racing. Uh, also, shout out to House of RC, RCGP, and shout out to our drivers, David Ronafog, Jared Tebow, Robert Battier, Alexander Hagberg, and the Spleenless Wonder, who will be with us later. Later, Maddie G. Thank you guys for all your help. We greatly appreciate that. Remember, everybody, showing these companies some love, therefore shows the podcast love, and we greatly appreciate it. All right, real quick, some shout outs that I noticed real quick. Uh, I wanted to say shout out to the Dog Days RC. They have some more online raffles going on at this moment, I believe. And I was looking at one. So they have the online charity. It's up. One of them was up for auction as a co-ogden e-buggy wheel display case. So what they're doing is putting these items in a really nice display case. You can go to Dogs Day RC. Actually, I'll leave a link for them in a uh, Facebook link for them in the in the written description. Also, the wheels are mounted inside a shadow box packed with a photo of Co-Ogden. I'm looking at it right now. It looks very cool. Maybe we should put it up here. Let's see. Uh, put it up here for a sec. Okay, let me put it up for a second. There we go. There you see the Co-Ogden wheels. That's actually a pretty cool display. You can go to Dogs Day RC and bid on this. I believe all proceeds will go to St. Jude's Hospital I was just reading. Let's uh, have a look at that. Yes, so... All proceeds go to the St. Jude's Hospital. And it's for a good cause, right? So get your hands on this unique piece of memorabilia. And that was done to help raise money for the St. Jude's Research Hospital, West Central Pennsylvania Connection. The money raised from this auction will go towards overall donation raised from the Summer Slam Series held at Shippingsburg RC. So not, not only are they doing a online auctions, they have various different uh, items. They're also doing some uh, race races where the donation will go through as well. You can go to Dogs Day RC. Starting bid is 50 bucks. Bid and hold dollar increments only and try to uh, raise some money for the St. Jude Hospital. It's for a great cause. So come on, RC people. Let's help that out. Also, shout out. I met these guys at the... Well, I met Iceberg and then Chuckberg, and he brought down a whole bunch of Michigan guys. No pro RC. So he reached out to me. I went out and checked out his YouTube channel. It's pretty cool. Then guys go really in deep. Man, I will say that those Michigan guys' cars were on point at Georgia Peach State Classic. So go check him out. Also, check out my boy Roach RC, dropping some great content as well. Uh, always. Uh, I think I'll see him at Masters of Dirt next month. We'll see. But go check them out. And I also want to say shout out to my boy Justin Newby uh, from Florida. He got this jersey done for me. He's been doing his jerseys. It's pretty cool. It's actually very light material, too. I thought it was going to be kind of heavy. Very light, very breathable. He made this for me. Big No Name RC podcast on there. Got some microphones on the side. And on the back, it's also a No Name podcast. It's really comfortable. I actually, it's probably a little bit too big. I'm probably going to have to get it. Uh, 
hemmed a little bit, but this was great. This is a 4X. I'm a big boy, so it worked out pretty good. Thank you, Justin Newby. I finally got that. I greatly appreciate that. Also, I just wanted to say shout out to everybody out there uh, who attended the Georgia Peach State Classic. Also, uh, these races that I've been going to, uh, for all your support, it's been awesome. Uh, being at the Peach State Classic, a lot of people came up. I was giving out a lot of decals. I have some more decals at the Florida RC Championships. If I go, we're waiting, waiting on weather to see if I go. But I should be there if the, if it's not raining. I really appreciate it. Obviously, none of this is possible without you guys uh, helping out and supporting. I greatly appreciate it. You make the No Name RC podcast what it is. And then my ability to get to these races also comes from you guys. So I greatly appreciate that as well. And it gives me a chance to say hello and uh, say goodbye. And my thanks is kind of trying to give you guys some decals. I know, unfortunately, once I get in the booth or behind the mic to call the races, it's very hard to get out from that. So I don't get to go around and socialize as much as I used to, say, when I was just there doing my own stuff. So I do apologize for that. But I'm kind of there to do that job. And I can't, once you get in the booth, it's kind of focused on that. But the, the last two races, I've been outside. So people have been able to come by, say hello. And I really enjoy that, even that smaller interaction that we have. And I look forward to seeing everybody continuously at these races that I go to. And just wanted to let you guys know that I'm forever thankful. And without you guys, none of this is possible. So thank you. So go check out No Pro RC. Go check out uh, Roach RC if you haven't already checked them out. Don't forget your boy uh, Chasing Trophies as well. He's got a good channel. So I'm always trying to ex uh, show a little bit of love to some YouTube people or anybody who I think is doing good content out there. Also, if you haven't already, I want I want to prompt. Go check out the NNRC Instagram and TikTok. Those are growing. I, I just surpassed 10K on TikTok. I'm super pumped about that. And I'm on the road to 10K for Instagram, to be honest. All of a real. All of a real. I don't buy no... Uh, I don't buy any any anything it's all organic by reels and all that type of stuff so it's been impressive over the last few months to see the instagram grow as well as the tiktok of some reels so thank you everybody for support and it's also new people right it's also a lot of people just coming by these reels and looking at them and, and taking them into notice so with that said i think um i will go on to the invisible speed news happy birthday to everybody there were so many birthdays out there as well i couldn't see all of them so happy birthday to everybody who had a birthday. I see some upcoming birthdays as well. I'll get back on that uh, and say happy birthday to you all. But with that said, I think we should go into some invisible speed and high tech news. The news is brought to you by invisible speed and high tech RC. Thank you to high tech RC for all their support. And uh, let's go look at the invisible speed news because you know what? The deal still still going on. You can get a three-year course as well as a free book. Uh, of the new 2.0 book that will be released later on this year, or in my opinion, probably early next year. I know JQ, but you do get three years, of course, for the price of one, which is great. And you get the book as well, pre-order for the book at invisiblesteed.net. You can find the affiliate link in the written description of this podcast. Please go there, hit it. It helps us out. Stop scrolling, you nerd. Learn something new with Invisible Speed. Are you the driver of this car? Yes, sir. Why? You just uh, won a free alignment. I had my car touched by JQ, and now I don't feel safe. I can say that he did, did improve his time yeah. 10 seconds and right. his best lap. Last question. Would you recommend the Invisible Speed course? Yeah, for sure. Spend your money. Good spend.
want to learn more and make your speed visible, stop scrolling. Alrighty then, don't forget to go hit up the invisiblespeed.net and order your course. Use the affiliate link in this podcast in the written description. It helps me out. You have the online course for the, uh, I believe it comes for the onward course as well as the regular course. And don't forget, you will get a free 2.0 book. That's actually pretty good. You get three years of the course plus a 2.0 book. That's a good value. Also, thank you to High Tech RC. I got to hang out with uh, the president and a few other people from High Tech. Uh, this last week in Las Vegas, they were there a part of the H2GP. It was really cool. Uh, I got to, you know, that we were talking RC and high tech is really getting involved in a lot of things. Uh, ben, Mike and Cole are actually at the pro line by the fire, which is going on this weekend. I wish I was there. I'm not going to lie. I really wish I was there. I'm going to get Axel fast pro line by the fire. I'm going to get to next year. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, high tech has been a big supporter of the podcast. They continue to be a supporter. Uh, they sent me some gear. They, I got the new charger. I got some servers. I'm going to put all that up here next. I'm actually going to do an unboxing little video and stuff like that as well. So I'm super pumped about that. Thank you for high tech for all the support. You guys want to help me out. Go to high tech, buy some of the stuff. If you're a high, if you're interested in getting involved in high tech, reach out to some of the team managers, reach out to me. I'll put them in contact with, I'll put you in contact with them, but get using high tech and happy uh, birthday to them. They're celebrating 50 years, 50 years of being in the RC servo business, not just servo RC business, but industrial and everything else. You want to learn more about high tech? Go check out the Mike Mayberry, uh, podcast that i did a couple years ago it's actually very good i'll put the link for that in the written description on the card right here all right also news wise you know what's news i'll tell you what's news i was looking at my analytics and a lot of you guys are not subscribed to the no name rc podcast why is that we're trying to reach five thousand subs by the end of the year all right now at four thousand three hundred and sixty something so if you haven't subbed for the NNRC yet, please go hit that sub button, that notification button. You can hit a like or dislike button or and leave a comment. It all helps us out in the algorithm as well. If you are listening to this on an audio only platform, and I know a lot of people just listen to this on the audio side, please go over to the YouTube. You'll get to see different things like video and all that stuff that we have as well. And it helps me out. But also do not forget to leave a review on that audio platform that you're listening to the podcast. It's the only way we can grow. It's the only way we can get it on the algorithm. So please do me a favor, help us out that way. It helps the podcast, helps everything. Please, I appreciate it. All right, next up in the news. So I know this happened a little bit before I left. But a juicy horrors buggy that 2008 World Championship HB buggy, uh, he wanted to get it back. So I don't know the full story. The great thing is, I've already talked to Ben and Zach and Atsushi Hara, and we are planning a podcast together. One where we're going to talk about the car, get them getting the car back, as well as talking to Asushi Hara and his history. We're just organized. It's going to be me, Ben, Zach, my, sorry, Zach, Ben, and I, as well as Asushi Hara uh, interviewing Asushi. So Ben is actually going to take the car back to him. They have it. They're getting it here. So what happened is apparently the car, when HPI got sold or something like that, the car went out in a lump. It must have been in the display, like on a shelf. And then when it got sold, it kind of, kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it got dispersed out into the world. And it was on eBay. It was for sale. A gentleman got it. And then he was selling it for like 4000 bucks on uh, eBay. So Hara really wanted to get his car back. Obviously, he's an RC driver. 
they don't make much money as you think they do. So he couldn't afford to pay 4000 bucks for his pro, his car that he should have had in a shelf anyway, in my opinion. So Zach and Ben started a GoFundMe. They, they worked the pl- a price down to like $2,900 for the car from the guy. They worked the price out. They raised the money with a GoFundMe. It actually sold out in like four hours. By the time I woke up, the GoFund had started and had been finished. So well done to Zach and Ben, my good friends down in Australia, the land of the thylacine, great white, th- great white sharks, and everything else that can kill you. Uh, they, they set it up. They got it back to him. Uh, Mark Pavitas went over, picked it up, and now I think it's being shipped to Australia. Then Ben's taken. He's going on a trip to Japan to see Hara, and then he's going to do it. And we're trying to work it out where we can have Ben, Hara, Nikar, Zach, and me, and we're going to do an awesome podcast. I was hoping to do it next week, but he, Ben doesn't go out to Japan for a while. So kudos to those guys for helping Hara get back his his car. That's awesome. He should have had that car, in my opinion. And uh yeah, I'm ashamed that he had to had to go through all that, but great job. They raised the money for him to get it, and I thought that was very cool. And we will talk with them more on this very shortly. Also, I know you guys, a lot of people were talking about this yesterday because we saw this on the social medias, but we saw that Lewis Hamilton and Esteban Ocon were playing with some Kyoshos at the Japanese Grand Prix. Now, I believe we saw Yuchi Kanai do this last year. I think it was with, or well, we've seen Kyosho is very uh, close with the F1 side of things and in, in, in the F1 things. We've seen this before, but it was pretty cool. They had some, <laughs> I believe these are like Gucci Kanai's cars. So they got hot race tires on them, reds, reds engines. So all the social media people were excited about this. They were driving them up and down the paddocks. I thought it was pretty cool. What I'd like to see is now if we can get one of these guys to a race. I know it's impossible. I know everybody, it's not that easy to do, but it's great to see them racing them and doing all this stuff. Let's see if we can get them to a race. So let's hear, let's hear what Red RC has to say. Also, by the way, it's great to have Red RC back. So they say last year at the Japanese Grand Prix, we saw Lewis Hamilton at the controls of a Tamiya lunchbox. So he was driving a Tamiya lunchbox at the last one. And Esteban Ocon having some fun with a Kyosha buggy thanks to RC legend Yuchi Kanai. So this was last year. I've also seen him do some stuff with Fernando Alonso as well. And now the two F1 drivers teamed up at the Suzuka at Suzuka this year for a bit of 1-8 scale Nitro fun at the event. The Mercedes-AMG Patronus F1 team shared photos and video on social media of the pair driving the two buggies up and down the pit lane with both drivers clearly enjoying the experience before they get down to some more serious business of this weekend's Formula One Grand Prix, which starts tomorrow. Clearly, F1 drivers also need to be marshaled too. With a photo of one of the cars upside down, it also appears that Lewis shares something in common with our 1-8 scale and now 10th scale four-wheel drive champion, Davide Algaro, in using a stick radio. So there you go. There's the pictures. Awesome. That's cool. We know that uh, Lewis and his brother used to race RC. There's video of them doing that, how cool would it be to get them to a real cool race? I think it would be awesome. I think it's something we have to work towards. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'd love to interview Lewis Hamilton as well, or any of these Formula One guys, or anybody that works RC in that type of sense. I think it will be cool. So the more RC out there getting shown, the better it is. All righty then. So I wake up this morning because I'm recording this today. And silly, well, silly season kind of started with the Viking David Ronafog leaving Mayako. Still up in the air where he's going. I'm hearing TLR. I'm still hearing TLR X-ray. Infinity's being thrown out a lot. S-Works. But something caught my eye. 
was that he was sharing this and he was very buddy buddy with Yuchi Kanai, even though I know the Viking is very buddy buddy with Yuchi Kanai. But I also understand that the Viking does a lot of things to throw me off the set and others off the set. So there is a there is a little speculation of rumor that he could be going back to Kyosho. We shall see. But still, rumors up in the air about where David is going. I wish him all the best. Obviously, he isn't going to tell me because he knows my mouth is too big. But we'll find out once it does, and hopefully we'll have him on her to talk about it. But the other big surprise was Madman Marco Barufalo. That's right, the Madman from Italy. Silver State 2023 winner, by the way, I might add. Commanding win this past year has left Techno RC, or him and Techno RC have spread, have split differences. Now, the rumor is everybody thinks he's going Mayako. In fact, I messaged Joseph and Robert this morning and asked them both if he's going Mayako, and they both said no. But, you know, Joku said it kind of too fast to be no. So who knows? But the rumor is that I heard, and then I asked Barufalo because he said he'll let people know as he goes to Buggy Land next week uh, what car he's going to run. He said he's going to pivot balls. So, I mean, that only, that only makes it, drops it down to Associated, S-Works, WRC, Infinity, Sparco, X-Ray, I think, Mugen. So that only drops it down to about seven cars. But I have strong... Um, my my sources tell me that is WRC. That's what I hear. I've heard it from two different people now. I've heard it from one that absolutely would know because they would know. And then the other one I heard from just they heard it. So it only makes sense that he goes to WRC. It's an it's Italian-based company. They're looking for a driver. They did have uh, Tresavan and... They still have, what's his name, uh, Valente, but they don't have somebody of the level of Marco Baruflo. So if he is going to WRC, I wish him all the best. Uh, we'll see what he does with him because you know what else is great news? We have Buggy Land coming up. Oh, I forgot to talk about something else too. <laughs> Hold on, let me reverse. So let's get into other news about races. So we saw that also this weekend was supposed to be the Euro... It was the IFMAR World Cup for eBuggy. So how it works is IFMAR wants to have a eBuggy World Cup prior to having a World. It's how everything's done. I think it's dumb. I understand that it's also to make sure that the tracks are prepared and can handle it. But I also know that the track that's going to hold the eBuggy World in 2025 is the B-Buggy Arena. So it wasn't even going to be at this track that they were having it in Portugal. No, I got the message last week that they weren't going to do it because of weather. I think it's a lot to do with weather and the low entry count, being as it was right after the World Championships. Ongaro had a race this weekend, and he, I actually think his race is suffering from bad weather too. I know Joseph and Robert are supposed to go to that race in Peko, but they canceled because of weather. And then they have Buggyland right after that. So the Euro Cup, sorry, the World Cup is going to be canceled the next year. I heard some rumors. Well, I saw that they're trying to change it to the week after IBC. But even then, I think it's going to struggle because that is the weekend of PMB. So IBC is the weekend before, PMB is the next weekend, apparently. So not sure what's going to happen with that. I say forget having a freaking World Cup. Let's just get to the Worlds. Let's do it in 2025. Or combine the, the eight-scale Worlds together. That's what I would do. But we shall see how that goes. <laughs> enough about IFMAR. I have enough rantings to make about them over the next few months anyway. Let's move on. 
Uh, Ongaro race happening this weekend. I know they had rain. Not sure how that affected the entry count. I believe it's still going on. I could be wrong. It was going on when I last checked. So I do know the rain affected that. Then we have Buggy Land next week, which is going to be great. I know Miguel is doing a whole new layout. This is one of the big races in, in Europe where a lot of people attend. So I'm expecting a lot of people to go. I wish I was going. I know the saltiest of salt, Salty Joe, is making a trip from Bermuda to go there. So that's great. Uh, good to see. And I, I'll be watching it. I believe RC Racing TV is doing the coverage. So it'd be great being able to follow that as well and see how things go for some of the best in Europe next weekend in Madrid, Spain. And we'll get to see Marco wheel his new pivot ball car, which could be an R WRC. Like I said, that's it's almost 99.9% .9 confirmed, but I've been wrong before. It could be, it could be all throwing me off the scent. Anyway, silly season is full of fact. We got races coming up. Also, next week, we have the Florida RC Championships Round 6 at Epic RC Raceway. Uh, that race sold out in 16 minutes. I might be there. I'm supposed to be there. We're kind of just playing it on air until uh, we see how the weather is. Like, if it's going to rain, it doesn't make sense me flying out there. But uh, right now, it's a go. I'll have my ticket sometime next week. And, of course, we have Masters of Dirt coming up, which I'll be attending as well later on in October. Okay. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I almost forgot. The Europeans are coming to AMS. That's right. Alabama Manufacturer Shootout is happening the first weekend of November or second weekend. I can't remember the exact date. Confirmed. We have Juan Carlos Canas, Madman Marco Belufo, Rufalo, Robert Badier, and Pecco Ivanen are making a trip over from Europe to race with the Southeast Racers in Coleman, Alabama. Also, JQ is going to be there, but he's running 40 plus. So it's really good to see the Europeans coming over. I know when I was in uh, at IBC, a lot of them had talked about coming to this race just because it's kind of at the end of their season. It's under a roof. It's capped and all that stuff. And a lot of them are talking about PMB because, you know, they're, they're kind of looking at races where they're going to be guaranteed. Silver State, uh, race time events, all that type of stuff. So it's really great to see. I don't think we've seen this many Europeans come to a, a race time event or a Southeast race in quite some time. So it's going to be great to see Canas, Barufalo, Robert, uh, Pecco, all racing out there. Even JQ in 40-plus, who I think he's going to get beat by the Drake, because I think Drake's going. So it's going to be JQ versus Drake. I'm more interested in seeing JQ versus Dagani, to be honest. Uh, but that's going to be great. AMS is going to be good. If you are on the fence of going, you should sign. I mean, I think it's capped, and it's already... It's I don't know what the deal is, but if you haven't paid, you should pay. And uh, let's get ready to do that, because the Europeans are coming. All right, so I'm going to finish this off with a couple things real quick. Uh, Reds released a new engine. They released their Super Valache European Edition. Let me get up here. Let me see what this is all about. That's right. They have released... There was Actually, I must admit, when it comes to releasing good-looking engines, Reds is awesome. So this engine looks great. It's... Uh, I, I really like... I'm just being a, a, a fanboy right now of how it looks. But check that out. Look at that. That I love that red highlights around the fins. So this is the Reds Racing 721 Super Veloce Euros Edition offered Nitro Engine. Reds have announced the release of a new limited edition of the 721 Super Veloce offered Nitro Engine to celebrate the great success of the 2023 Euros and Radovan. So basically, this is a Canas JCC motor. This Monster Tune engine is limited, is a limited edition of only 300 pieces all around the world. Say it's the same setup used by JCC. 
TQ and first place, and Elliott Boots, second place at the 2023 European Championships held at Renovan. Red's engine proved to be the best in terms of mileage, reliability, and tuning ability. So, Red's coming out with a new engine. Uh, I, it's great. JCC wins. Boots does well. They get the earned engines. Check them out. Uh, and they look pretty cool. I don't know much more about them. I don't. I haven't. I haven't really talked to much people about the red stuff, so I don't know. All right. So we had two big races this past weekend, along with the Ifmar World Championships. They were the Georgia Peach State Classic, which I attended in Tiger, uh, Tiger, Georgia, as well as the rebirth of the once was called the Southern Nationals, but is now called the Southern Classic. That's held in West Monroe, Louisiana. I had the privilege of going to the Southern. Uh, the Southern Nationals when it was still the Southern Nationals under the first the first owners I believe then race time took it over and I don't think they're doing it anymore uh, just because it's logistically I think a little bit logistically difficult for them to get down there uh, this race is a has been a staple in the that part of the Texas Louisiana Alabama community for quite some time and it's good to see we it rebirthed the original track builder came in and built the track it looked absolutely awesome let's have a look at it real quick let me turn the volume down so we are going to look have a look at the brandon rose actually won nitro buggy now the only thing is it doesn't it didn't get all the top pros that it used to get and i think that has a lot to do with basically it being obviously on the world's weekend and having the 2023 23 each day classic going on at the same time. But man, this track is completely awesome. Let's have a look at it. And let's have a look at a lap with Brandon Rose around this track. <laughs> Massive jumps. Look at that. Massive jumps. Two crossovers, like a big crossover and a bridge that jumped to Don. And this gentleman always built some of the best tracks I've seen. Absolutely amazing tracks. I really like them. The year I went there, they had a year JQ and I went there, they had a great track as well. You see the bridge jumping you off. I'm not a big fan of crossovers, but this is how you should do crossovers. Let's see that again. Uh, we should see, we should do crossovers where they send you up high and not far and fast. And this is exactly what it is. There's crossover number one sends you up high. There's no real danger hitting somebody in the head right there. Also, the bridge sends you off at a level where you're not going to be running up. There's very easy kind of jumps off, so you're jumping up and down. This looks like a great event. They had let's see, I'll bring up the stats here real quick. So they had. I will let you know. 364 entries, 168 drivers. The winner of Pro Nitro Buggy Main was Brandon Rose, followed by Little Bump, Spencer Klein, Dylan Codwell, and Cody Watson. So kudos to those guys. Like I said, not too many pros there because of the fact that it was two, two other races going on. Um, let's see who won Pro Open. So we had Open E-Buggy too? Open, uh, open Nitro Buggy, it's Robbie Darby, Reggie Tong, Mike Battier, Ethan Martinez, and my boy Skiller Joe came fifth. Now on to those guys. Let's see the results of Pro Buggy Double E-Mains. We had Brandon Rose, Little Bump, 
Dylan Caldwell, Cody Watson, Jonathan Reeves, your champions in in the uh, whatchamacallit class, in the e-bug class, so well done to them. So great race, looks good. I'm not sure if they're going to have this. I think they've always had this date. Not sure if they're going to continue with this date because it did clash with two other races. So maybe we'll see. I hope they made it, it was enough that they can have it again. I know that, that this race means a lot to people, especially to like my friends, Charlie Mack, Mitch and all that guys. They go to this race and love the Texas guys. So it's good to see it coming back. Next up was the race that I went to and I attended with Danny Paz, Lance McDonald, Patrick Rossiter. Lance obviously being the RD, Danny Paz doing the coverage. And actually, Pat and I did a made a good team calling the races uh, and doing pit interviews and that stuff. I think we did. A, I think it was great. Uh, this is my second time going to Tiger, Georgia. It's absolutely beautiful up there. And I got to see a little bit more of the city, little town and everything it was nice. I love it up in the in this area. It's, it's so beautiful, right? So I, I do appreciate getting to go up there and, and see these type of races. Now, this year, this so I went to the North Georgia shootout, which was in April. This is called the Peach State Classic. This is the second iteration of this race. And uh, this year, they had a few pro drivers come in there. Yeah, Tyler Jones, Jared Tebow, Ryan Lott, Seth and Dalen. Jared Wiggins was there. Then they had drivers like Julian Alavares, Jerry Bardon. Jonah Wilson was really good at last year. Cole Caston were some of the top names there that participated in this. Tyler Jones was out there running the uh, Sparker, and I have to admit, he looked great. He TQ'd round one. He was super pumped about it. In Nitro Buggy, he came off. He's like, I needed that. We, you know, I had an interview with him. And then he went on to, I think he had, he didn't TQ, he didn't have a good run in Q2, but I think he TQ'd Q3, I believe, which then put him starting on the pole. Jonah Wilson was very fast, too. He TQ'd round two. That, that young man's getting fast. And it was a great race. Uh, it kind of like a nitro buggy. Let me put that up here so you guys can see. Jones kind of got out to the lead from the very beginning. And now we'll look back. I'm looking. He led every lap of the 30-minute race. So well done to Jones. Much needed confidence that I say that he needed into this race. And it really helped him out a lot. Uh, it puts, this is Sparker's first big win, I want to say, as well. So, and especially on American turf, Sparko seems to have some money behind them and they, they are pushing really hard. This is one of the cars that has been talked about the most. I did have a look at his car. He was doing some, he had went from the, they have like a similar infinity type where it's a pillow ball, but it's not really a pillow ball. Like it's an arm. So he went from that to a C hub linked front end and he really liked it. And he was telling us that Sparko is really involved in making this car better. So they are involved. They really want to become a viable option for different RC racer for in the RC brand. I have to admit, it's been talked about quite a lot. Here's the track. It's beautiful up there. It was beautiful weather, like 75 degrees all weekend long. It did get a little bit cold. We had a little bit of rain on a Sunday. And I actually had to, if you see this side of the traction where they're coming out, where they're going to go up this double, because of some rain, this area got wet. So they had to cut the track there short for the first few mains in the beginning of Sunday. But uh, once the track crew came and cleaned it off and dried it out, it was able to open up the track again. Brian Burnett put on the race, put, built the track, sorry. Mark Moon and his wife uh, put on the race with their help as well. So this, this race is turning into, there you see Seth and Dale making a mistake in those ruts. This race is becoming popular. This venue is becoming popular. We're starting to see more people coming to this. Uh, lots of races starting to pop up in horse arenas in the Southeast just due to weather. People want guaranteed races. 
And uh, this was a great event. I want to thank Mark Moon and his wife for having us up there. We, I want to thank everybody that came out and, and shouted out. We was I was right over here calling a race in the corner. It was fun to do it with Patrick Rossiter as well. We make a great team, I believe. Uh, Tebow was there. I think he came second in Nitro Buggy as well. And what was cool is we actually, on this Saturday, I believe, we stopped. No, was it Sunday? What's Sunday? Sunday, the mains of the World Finals are going on. So we stopped the race to watch A2 and watch Tata win that, actually. So that was actually very cool. We stopped to watch that, and I thought it was awesome. And I want to say uh, thank you to everybody that came up and showed me some love. Congratulations to Tyler Jones. Great race for him. Got the RC verb proverbial RC monkey off his back. There you see Jones and Wilson having a good look. That man, that young man, Wilson, is, is has impressed me the most all this year. And uh, if he keeps it up, he's got a bright future. So, but well done to Jones. He needed that victory. Good job for Sparko. And let's see what happens with Jones and Sparko in the future. There's Tebow right there. It was a great event. I enjoyed it. Ran well. And put this on your list. They have the North Georgia shootout coming up. Oh, I forgot. They had a, the a first official Pro Moto X race at this race. Now, it was okay. It wasn't, um, you know, this. I think the Pro Moto X to be viable to race still needs some work. Kyle Nuri actually drove it really good. He won it. And he drove and he's jumping everything. And he rode the, drove, rode the bike very good. Uh, but I think still these bikes need some work. He also won Nitro Buggy, I believe, as well. Kyle Nuri had a good weekend as well. So shout out to everybody out there who done well. Let's go through some of the results. So in Nitro Buggy, Pro Nitro Buggy, it was Tyler Jones, Jared Tebow, Ryan Lutz, Seth and Dale, and Julian Alvarez. Great run for Julian Alvarez, actually. So good job to him. And let's see. I'm going to let's see if I can uh, bring up some more um, races here. Let's see who won. E-Buggy, Pro E-Buggy main results was Jonah Wilson won that. Ryan Lutz, Julian Alvarez, Jared Tebow, Seth Van Dalen. We saw... We had short course too. Short course was fun. Uh, let's see. Intermediate Pro Nitro main. Yeah, it was Kyle Nuri, man. Danny Chavez, Chuck Burke, Wilson Coward. Shout out to Wilson. I didn't realize Wilson came fourth. Congratulations. Ryan Rand, Wilson, 12 years old, doing well. Chuck Burke, man. Chuck Burke and those Michigan guys came there. Chuck Burke was doing 10-minute pits. Constantly, no problem. Mugen, AD, like the whole Drake setup. He, his, this guy, all those Michigan guys were cars were dialed. But there you see Jones doing really good. I'm probably going to talk more about this race with Max. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see when I get him on board next week. But uh, great job to everybody. And I see this race continuously growing. As you see the track, it got a little bit rough. There's Tebow and I believe Wilson, I want to say. Yeah, that's Wilson. So Jonah Wilson battling it out, I think. Yep, that's him. But a uh, good race. Put it on your calendar next year. Put the North Georgia shootout in your calendar for April. It's a good race. Check it out. I need a sip of coffee. All righty then. I think that's enough for news. I might have missed some stuff. I'm not sure. I think uh, the Spleenless Wonder is almost ready for me to come into the podcast. So let's see what he says. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the continued support. I will talk about the H2GP more next week. So I'm not really going to dabble in that. It was a great event. It was very different. Uh, like I said, I'll dedicate some time talking about that because I think it's really cool. And I need to dedicate like about 20 minutes just to talk about that to Max, as well as have the owner of it. Uh, one of the organizers come on and talk about it. Someone tell about how, how it all happened. And uh, I will talk about that. But I was truly an honor to be there with RC Racing TV and got a chance to work around, work with them again. 
but it was thousands of people there. Thousands of people there. Thousands of non-RC people seeing RC for the first time. It was awesome. It was awesome. And they heard my voice. I was so scared. With that said, we're going to go on to the main interview of the 2023 World Championships, IFMAR 110 Scale World Championships with Matty G. He's also going to answer your questions. Uh, this is brought to you by Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a championship winning manufacturer of high performance A scale, TED scale, nitro, and electric RC buggies and trucks. With a worldwide dealer network, USA and Europe based headquarters, comprehensive warranty program, and global race support, Techno RC is excellence in RC. View the full lineup of Techno RC race proven vehicles by visiting www.technorc.com. So joining me this weekend is the Spleenless Wonder, who's now the main Spleenless Wonder, the main for you, uh, to talk about the 2023 10-scale World Championships, probably one of the most anticipated 10-scale World Champions we've had in quite some time. First championships back in America in 10 years for 10-scale. If you want to learn more about 10-scale world's history, check out episode number 255 I did with Tebow. We went back and looked at a lot of the worlds that he went to. I remember talking to him at this race that I was just at, and he was like, oh, part of me wants to be there, but part of me knows that I, I would have had the work that I would have had to put in to do this would have been insane. So uh, you made the trip out. This race started, wow, this was a long race because you guys, everybody kind of made the trip out there the Friday prior to it. Practice started yeah. on this Saturday or Sunday? Practice started on Sunday, but tire gluing was on Saturday. All right, so let's start with that because that's what caused the... First off, two questions, two questions. Now, traditionally, four-wheel drive was run second. Two-wheel yeah. drive was always first, and four-wheel drive was second. What was the re Do you know what the reason for that was? Um, they do it um, off every every year. Okay. They usually start with one first and then the other one first. I think the, the biggest thing is they wanted to break the track in like for two-wheel, so it had mm. some, some of a groove on it. All right, well, let's talk about that uh, because this is a traditional track. I, I know going leading up to this, like my friends over in Europe, especially the briefcase, he messaged me constantly asking about track prep. Not traditionally on clay tracks in America, we use sauce. There was no sauce allowed here, any type of tire prep whatsoever. And I guess running four wheel drive on it, being they have a little bit more traction. Did that help going into the two-wheel drive section? Did they, did they lay down enough rubber for that to help um, as well? I would I would say that like the four-wheel portion of it was pretty good. Like it started off a little rough, and that because I was in heat one, so I was the first heat out there doing donuts. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it got good. Like it just was uh, the same amount of grip. Like like for everybody, the tire prep from what we had all practiced on was definitely different. But uh, since there was no sauce in the traffic whatsoever. Awesome. All right. So tell us, uh, before we get into Tiregate, tell us your first impressions of the four-wheel drive side of the track. What did you think about it? Um, it was tough. Uh, coming off the straightaway, there was a double that you had to, like, arc to triple to come onto the triple. So do, trying to do that consistently every lap definitely wasn't easy. And if you pushed out wide... Um, you got in the dust and just did a donut. So doing that consistently like was hard. Um, I tried to forget most of the layout. 
You're trying but, uh, to forget it? No, I tried to forget most of the layout because my world, my world did not go well. It did so, not. It did not. But no. we that's how it goes, right? There was a yeah. lot of competition there. And we know that for, I, I, I mean, I think making the main would have been a great accomplishment for you. But in all respect, there was a lot of fast guys that did yeah. not make the main. There was a lot of fast guys that did not make the main. So don't feel bad about that. Uh, I I saw some, I just wanted to say that I thought the track was cool. Uh, I was hoping for some, maybe some big send it type of jumps too, but we I didn't really see that too much. Yeah. Uh, so I think they made a, a layout that was safe, I would say. But yeah. as you said, it was a little bit hard. I wasn't driving on it. I thought the presentation was great. I thought yeah. the... The, the turf the, on the infield. Yes, I thought the track looked great. The surrounding area looked great. Obviously, that wall with all the previous 10-scale yeah. world champions on it was awesome. I thought I, I've never been to this facility, but it looked. I thought it looked pretty good in there with all that type yeah. of stuff and all that decoration. So kudos to the track crew for all of that. Yeah. It looked good. Uh, what was the atmosphere like? I could just imagine what the atmosphere was like on Saturday, Friday, everybody getting there. I'm watching everybody's posts headed to the worlds, doing this type yeah. of stuff. So I'm pretty sure it was just like everybody was excited that first Saturday, yeah. um, Friday, we Saturday. Were, we were definitely all super excited to glue tires and then uh, get there and set up, hang out with our buddies and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And then everything with the tires happened and then we just kind of all sat around the first practice day for a couple hours till they sorted that out. Well, that's that's a good segue into Tiregate because you messaged me. I think I was in America. No, so everybody got their tires on Tuesday, right? On Saturday. Yeah. All right. So let's start with that. First off the bat, I think it's absolutely dumb that you have a spec tire race and don't have a limit on tires. It kind of eliminates the point of having a spec tire yeah. to an extent, because if you can buy unlimited tires, then it kind of still gives an unfair advantage to people that can buy it. So I think going forward, there should be a, a limit like any spec tire. I do understand. I do understand that this is also a way for the track to make some extra money, but I feel that there should be another way to do it instead of jeopardizing the whole making it fair for everybody yeah. thing with the spec tire. But so the big thing is they basically ran out of four wheel drive front tires. And why was that? Stop yawning on the, on the, on the, um, they, uh, I was trying to get, get something out, but, um, so the, uh, the tires, I don't think they expected multiple people to buy one run sets of tires. But every it was everyone who came to the warm-up or did practice prior to the event mm -hmm. knew like, hey, the one run tires are usually the fastest. So you should probably get a set for every run. So the Schumacher team got one run sets of tires. Um you guys. got a whole Before bunch of one-run sets of tires. We have photographical couple, evidence of you doing that. A couple other guys got one-run sets of tires. Uh, a little Mexican kid got 16 sets of tires. Would that be you? I mean, you were representing It might Mexico. be. It, it might be. But uh, so. anyway, they ran out of tires for everybody, mm -hmm. right? So it was just two. Now, I heard that people were also using the four-wheel drive Runs on two wheel drive was that the case or what happened? Uh, some some people were. I don't think many people ended up doing that. The four wheel front's really tall, and the two wheel mm -hmm. front's a little smaller. So it's mm -hmm. just a matter of like if you wanted to do that or not. So 
in the in the end, what was the? I know there was a big kerfuffle, right? Yeah, and, and I feel bad, like for Larry, like the presentation of the track, the shop, the like everything that that they did. I felt in that moment got shadowed because they didn't have enough tires, which yeah, really see, sucks. He came on and apologized on Facebook, and I'm pretty sure he's aiming at people like me who was making a big deal about it. But my my issue isn't with him, right? Yes, obviously. I, he should have enough tires. The issue should be that there shouldn't be a thing about having enough tires. There should be a limit, right? Have a limit. It makes it fair for everybody. It makes it easier for that track to have tires on hand, companies, everything. It just makes it fur right across the bat. Well, so I what think was the they want they were running one more tires? I'm not sure why. Because there was no grip there. Okay. But. but what was the final decision? How many tires was everybody allowed? So the final the decision was i believe five sets in four wheel and six in, in two wheel and if you mm -hmm. made the main in either class you could get another set now what about people who had already glued up tires uh, hobby action bought them back okay. so they reimbursed you for the tires even the glued ones yeah so who so did they have a spec foam and all that stuff yeah as well? yeah okay, so okay. spec tire like spec foam all that stuff now, was you allowed to put like nothing like reinforcement on the sidewalls, anything like that inside, um, or anything like that? For two, for two, like you could, but that's because it was an open like front tire. And four, all you couldn't do anything. There's glue. Okay, and so so everybody got how many sets of tires again for a four wheel drive? Five in four wheel, six if you made the main, and then it was uh, six sets in two wheel, and another set if you made the main. I think. Okay, now. And so nobody had a real issue with the, having to buy glued tires because I know some people kind of piss them in on not being able to glue up their tires. I, I understand that too. I, I don't really know anyone who had to buy the glue tires. I just know that Hobby Action got everything like settled. What sucked is that they ordered tires the week before mm -hmm. or two weeks before and they never showed up. Not surprised whatsoever. So then they showed up main day of four wheel. Great, great day for them to show up. Excellent. Yeah. Well done, AKA. So, two thumbs yeah. up. I, I, I don't know do who to thumbs. blame there, but it really sucked to see Larry under that. I mean, when it they only had a whole year to know, like, I think they announced this tire, what, at least, shit, at the beginning of this year. So, they yeah. only had a whole year, whole six months, not, not hobby action. Yeah, but the other the people have enough tires. Oh, this yeah, guy, look right, at this yeah. look at this guy just yawning on the camera. I'm trying not to. I'm trying so hard not to. Can't drink coffee. Can't drink Red Bull because no. his spleen lists now. All right, so do forgive him for yawning. All right, so now with all that fuss and and whatnot, what was the tire decoration like? What were the better, better tires? Did it get um, better as time went on? So from what a lot of the guys thought, it was the third run was like the max. Before they started to get slow and feel weird when the foam, the AK foam uh, crushes like really fast and it moves mm -hmm. around a lot. So it, it it wears in like pretty good. And after that, it starts to get all weird and the car does really inconsistent stuff. So it wasn't the actual rubber. It was the firms that were yeah. degrading. So that sucks. They need better. They need better firms. Was you able to glue the firms to the wheels at all? Uh, we weren't sure, but they said... As soon as we started gluing tires, yes, we could. Okay. 
So I watched that, my boy, Mitch on the mic, who was on it, by the yep. way. He had he had some good coverage. He was, You guys are out under a tent in some hot, hot weather doing that yeah. stuff. Yeah. We, we weren't allowed to bring any water out there um, because, you know, someone might put sauce in there and then, you know, spill What all were you cleaning the bead with? Um, either so, the stuff that they had supplied at the track. So they just had like a spot you went get your cloth and just wiped it off, or you had your own individual stuff. They had a like, spray bottle like out there and uh and and blue towels. Okay. Um, and so you just spent all Saturday out there in the heat gluing up tires. Uh me and my uh gringo father sat out there and um glued tires, which was smart of him. I told him like I want to glue up all of these so we have them ready to go. He's like, let's just glue up five. Because he's like, you don't know if you're going to want to glue the rear foams or the front foams. So let's just glue up five and, and go from there. I'm like, all right. That was a good choice because I got to sell back a good majority of my tires back to Hobby Action. Okay. How much were tires anyway? Um, the 16 sets I bought or just in general? Just per, per, per tire, per set of tire. Like two tires. I can't remember off the top of my head. It was either forty or twenty or twenty-two. It might have been for twenty-two. Two. It was twenty-two, like for two. Okay, so it's probably forty for both then. Yeah. Or for, well, it should have been forty-four, but maybe they gave you a deal. All righty then. So moving on, uh, we get to practice. It was uh, open practice and then seating practice. So how many rounds did you get? Four of uh, normal practice. And two of or three of seating. So I did know that uh, in his infamous wisdom, Jeff Parker uh, decided to have three rounds of seating and have one round on the day of qualifying. So, no, sorry, he had one round on the day of qualifying, which then pushed qualifying to go in only four rounds on the day of qualifying and one round on the main day, which I thought was dumb because you could have done all five rounds, had a consistent track for everybody. Yeah, it's inconsistent track on one day. What a, in my opinion, what a stupid decision to have another uh, seating run, or you know, just let people go around and qualify. What did you think about that? Um, I didn't know that was up to Jeff. I, I thought it was weird that we all had to run a around in the boarding just with the track conditions being so different from other track. Oh my gosh, it. this God guy and his yawning. I'm, I'm trying not to. So the track, the track conditions varied so much from whether there was people on it to people not being mm -hmm. on it. So like, I think in Q4, there was a lot of people and, and Q5 that got like top five, top 10 runs that mm. were the out-qualified pros because of the changing track conditions. So it was better on, on Q5 for you? Yeah, and it, it was morning. better. So uh, the A-Heat was the first qualifier up. And the later heats, the more the track like warmed up, the more grip it got. Now, did they rotate the heats as well throughout there? So like it wasn't one, two, three, four, five, yeah. up to 14. Yeah. I did yeah. see that. So, I did see that. So, so they did a uh, race one, race uh, five, 10, and then so on. Okay. So practice starts. Davide is fast right off the bat. Lots of Europeans are fast. I, I think I'm, I've never been so happy to be wrong. Because honestly, I didn't think the Europeans would, I, I didn't think many would make the main period, yeah. if not one. 
but the Europeans seem to be very strong in four-wheel drive right off the bat. Was that shocking to you, American drivers? Um, I wasn't shocked that uh, Davide was going around good. Really? Because uh, it shocked me. No, like I, I, I knew coming into it, I'm like, this guy's going to be pretty fast. So, like, they just, uh, he literally built his car in the hotel room and then showed up. Did he? I heard that. I wasn't sure if that was true or not. Yeah. It was it was a hotel thrash build. Really? Good to go, though. Yeah, it, it looked pretty good. Uh, his mechanic, Nino, I think, was on it. So Who was his mechanic? Uh, Nino, I think. Oh, so his dad didn't go. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, as we look into, we go into, I believe he was top seed as well, right? Um, it was either him or it might have been Fend. I think Fend top seed. They, they don't show these. Maybe I'm missing it, but I'm looking for these stats. I think Fend top seeded uh, four wheel. All right. Well, let's see. Um, because they don't have Longaro top seed off of Q pre one P. P1, oh, this is what is this? Why is this two wheel drive? Dude, you gulp very loud. I'm trying not, I'm trying to stay awake. <laughs> this guy knows he has to record a podcast, right? So Fan took took uh first round P1. And let's see. P2. What? Jared Stokes? Um, um there was a uh, there was a a mishap. Yeah. Okay. So Angaro and Kara, mm-hmm. uh practice round three. Brock Champlin. I think Davide went in top seed. Well, who knows? Because it's your, off your best three, right? There's no Davide, overall. Um, Davide would have top seeded. The third round of seeding was was where you started where you started like in your heat. Okay. So he started. Uh let's see. Let me see. I should have had all this plan. He started. Davide actually started eighth. Then according to that, because third, third, he finished eighth overall in the third heat. Okay. All right. Anyway, we go into qualifying because that's where it all matters, right? So going yeah. into qualifying, Davide just kind of kills everybody in round one, two, and three. I don't think there was anybody close to him. It looks like I'm looking at round one results. Uh, he had a 16.502. The closest person to him was Suntag, actually, who had a yeah. 16.502.8. So Suntag was just a tenth off, really just under Peter a tenth was off. On it, the first round of qualifying, and I don't, I don't know what happened the next few, but. Well, he had a 12, a 20, a 10, and a 30. That's what happened to him, which he ended up being BQ. And. I guess surprise, but man, Angaro was just good. I was freaking out on on Facebook. So Angaro went five hundred two. Just like he just out from what it seemed like, like he just out drove everybody in qualifying. Like he didn't yes. seem like he had, he had the fastest car, but his stuff, he just was the most comfortable out there with what he had, and just was going around and. And it looks like round four and five. Once he had TQ wrapped up, he did the smart thing. I wouldn't have wasted more tires. If he did, yeah. and I would have just saved those tires for yeah. the finals. I think that they started changing stuff to see if they could get it better. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of the guys are running plastic, like ring and pinion gears, and then they switched over to the metal ones because on, cause he was, like, running them. 
And I think he tried plastic like how they had it, and it just wasn't going well. Mm. I personally always run the metal stuff. So, what is the difference? Is the plastic one just more faster? The, the, the plastic ones, uh, they're they're a little freer, so they're on top of the track. And with the amount of grip that we had, we needed more in the track feel. So the plastic mm -hmm. or the metal stuff just planted it a little bit better. Really, really. On the, okay. So, and then next to him, let's look at some of the, Arlowski was second overall. He yeah. had a six, a DNF, a two, a zero, and a 14. Old man, Dustin Evans, dude. Uh, yeah, five, five, was, two. He like, like snuck in there. I, I didn't know Dustin was like, uh, close there until I started <laughs> really like watching what those guys were doing. I'm like, I like Dustin's, Dustin's up there. CFT, good to see Cole Toller do yep. well. He was fourth. Yep. I think the biggest surprise was Rivkin was not TQ. Mm -hmm. uh, Rivkin was not TQ. And I think the second biggest surprise would have been Dakota Fendon in ninth. Yeah, uh, I think Dakota barely made it into the main. He had a, a 15, a 2, a 21, and a 3. So yeah, his, a 15, 2, and a 3 got him in. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Like, uh, then when Carrick was out front in Q5, um, no one was letting him buy. So he should have started a little higher than where, than where he did. Who, Spencer? No. Kara. Yeah. Why was nobody letting him buy? Because he's European? I don't know. Uh, like I, watched it. I watched it with my own eyes, and it was pretty shitty to see. Really? Well, he's a two-time European champion. And yeah. you know what? He made the main in 10th, Aiden Horn as well, and Bruno Coelho. So we had one, two, three, four Europeans, which is yep. at least three more than I thought would make it. And then the surprises would be like Tasman in 12th, Cavallari in 14th. Look, if you would have told me that Ryan Mayfield would have been in, where did he start? Way down in 21st. At this race in four wheel drive, I would have told you shut the front door. Wow. So tell us a little bit why you think Ben was so off it because I did hear that he couldn't use his Trinity products. I heard that uh, he had to use like Trinity uh, Hobby Ring ESC and motor. No, so, he, so he ran uh, his pro performance XP control and mm -hmm. just the Hobby Wing motor and a different like battery. Um, I know a lot of those guys aren't used to this, how smooth the hobby wing like stuff is. So you have to drive a little more in the trigger to get the punch feel that you want. Um, I'm not sure. Like he looked good in practice. Like the the TLR cars definitely looked really good out there. Um, they made a really good amount of grip for the conditions that we had. So I'm not too sure why um, things weren't going good because uh, his his stuff was fast. Like he. He was on pace, setting the pace even like sometimes, and yeah. So he ran a different motor then, not the Trinity motor. I think. Yeah, so, yeah. So he had to run a hobby wing like motor. So it but doesn't. Did a lot of guys. Okay, and that was because a lot of this stuff wasn't just uh, if more legal. Approved. Or not, yeah. So, approved. Sorry. Yeah, uh, the Trinity stuff wasn't the Phantom stuff. Um, like How could these guys go into this race not having this stuff up, not approved? Oh, um, I believe Trinity tried to, and there was a mishap. And then I don't think 
Phantom knew that they had to get their stuff because because they thought it just had to be Roar approved. Mm. Yeah. And and like Phantom's a smaller smaller like company, so I'm sure that you know for mm-hmm. them they haven't had many of their drivers go to the worlds. So all right, so what about Cav? Tessman and Mayfield. Let's talk about these guys because they did not make the main, right? Mayfield being in Lewis. Cav, I mean, Tessman, let's see. Tessman, kind of. Tessman, let's see if he had any. He had a four. Yeah, he had a, he four. Had a four and Q1, yeah. Yes. Cavalari had a 13. His highest was an eighth. Let's see where, where, Cav, uh, where, whatchamacallit was. Hold on, where is he? 21. Mayfield just had a stinker all around, a 20, a a DNF, a 12, a 20. He was just never on pace. Now, he was sporting the new Fly Sky MB4 Pro. Do you think that had something to do with it? No. Uh, He ran it at the Mugen Challenge and had good results. He ran it when we came in club race. Um, The the radio seems to be pretty good. He said it's comparable to what he's used in the past. So he seemed pretty happy with it. All right. Maybe just not enough practice, I would say. Just running associated cars as well, right? Yeah, it just was uh it was hard. It wasn't easy at all. Like just trying to get a feel for the cars and trying to feel consistent throughout the whole run. It just it was hard. Okay. All right. So let's get into finals day. So finals day, you guys have some practice. Obviously, the big hype is about the V Day. He he kind of murdered you guys all in in qualifying, which I, I honestly I'm still shocked at it, but I ain't because the video is really good, right? And yeah, four wheel drive, probably not having as much grip. He's he's used to driving like this, he's able to throw his car on a lot more. We see this in eight scale, but I didn't think he's gonna be this good. And I'm all excited because I'm like, Yeah, if he wins, that's six months of bragging rights for me yeah. about America versus USA. Uh so he goes into A1. Let's put that up where we'll start that actually. Uh, we'll we'll put a one one while we're talking about no, three this. for three in our first three rounds. Um, that's going on in the background there. I he, he I think he just kind of completely dominated a one. If yeah, I remember he um, he walked away from it pretty much. Uh, like Orlowski held the pace for a bit at the beginning, and then uh, Davide just kind of like walked away. All right, so here we are, Davide. He's in the yellow car once again. His paint scheme has changed somewhat. Looks more yellow and whitish now. There's Orlowski, and I believe that's Fenn right behind him. No, no, that's Evans. Evans. Yeah, that's so, um, not surprised at this. He did well. A two was different. He made some yeah. mistakes. Rivkin was able to get by. No, Orlowski was able to get by, and then Rivkin made a beautiful pass. Yeah. Uh, on Orlowski, and it looks like Orlowski just let that door open, and man. Man, Rick yeah, it just seemed like he went. I was standing like right at where the double was. It just seemed like he blew the corner a bit, and Spencer mm-hmm. was just like, "Yep, I'll take this." Did he? He took it. Yeah. So now we have an exciting, you know, Davide has one, Spencer has one. Spencer being obviously the favorite going into this. These two guys being teammates. Davide, back to back eight scale world champion. Uh, you know, on the cusp of being a 10 scale world champion, I don't think we've ever seen this ever. No, we saw Mark Pavitas be a 10 scale world champion and eight scale world champion, but they were 10 years apart. Yeah, so going into a two, uh, a three, I think the V day made some mistakes as well, if I remember correctly. 
Um, um, so he was going around fine. He made a couple bobbles, and then like mm-hmm. Orlowski and him like tangled up, which allowed Spencer to capitalize and 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 get up there. And then after that, um, Orlowski like made it made a bobble, and Spencer and and uh, Davide just kind of battled it out till the very end. Spencer put on a really good drive. Um, for anyone who got to see or watch, uh, the amount of pace Spencer had behind Angara was pretty awesome. But, yeah, uh, and just, I think it was incredible, right? Spencer yeah. really wanted it. Um, to, come, to come from the five spot, you could tell that Spencer wanted it. So he definitely put on a show, tried his best, and, you know. Yeah, literally when they came across the line, it was like two-tenths of a second. Yeah, he barely Spencer. missed it. Wow, that's – because, look, so the video had a 16 five, 459, 918. And Rivkin was a 16 5 122 2. Yeah. Tenths of a second. That's like a blink. Yeah. That. So good value and effort from Rivkin. I know he is pretty bummed. What was the atmosphere like with Davide winning uh this world championship? Was uh-huh. was a crowd electric? Yeah. What was it going was, on? It was it was pretty it was just entertaining to watch. Like that was probably one of the best ten scale races we've got to watch in a while. But just people going back and forth and, you know, seeing that even though, like, the, the track was hard and the, the conditions were different than what we all normally race on, we all, <laughs> it was still a show for everyone to watch. Right. So with that coming down to the end, Davide Angara would take first, Rifkin second, Orlowski third, Champlin fourth, and Coelho fifth. Coelho kind of having a silent, silent worlds, you know? Yeah. Uh, Especially in four wheel drive, which is his strongest class, he's a two time world champion in this. So, and he was the reigning world champion coming into this. But top of the X ray drivers, only X ray driver to make demands. Ty Tesman yeah. was, you know, not non existent. My dark horse was Chase Lemieux. He was very non existent. Yeah. Uh, who was probably one of the best guys you saw her that should have made the main but didn't? I think you said Tater. Was one, but who else uh, would you t- say? Tater and Foral for sure. Davey Bada was pretty dialed in qualifying. I think he had a couple sevens. A couple, mm-hmm. I think he had a five. Uh, and then just had a couple rough runs in Q4 and Q5 that kind of kept him out of it. The same thing in Duville. Who surprised you that was in the A main in four-wheel drive? Um, nobody really. Like, everyone that was on that stand deserved to be in there. Okay. So. I think... Even though he's a two-time world champion, uh, four, European champion, I think Kara was a big surprise to me. Uh, he came Being in practice so a couple months ago or a month before and was fast during practice. Okay. So he, he came and ran a bit before, and he seemed to it wasn't really affecting him like too much. I like him and his dad. I think that yeah. young man has a bright future ahead of him. And when he starts running more nitro, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. As we're coming up on the end, we see Angara is kind of just out there chilling, not chilling, but he takes his first win. He's your first, he's now your first back-to-back world champion plus 10 scale world champion and probably looking really good going into two wheel drive. I thought he'd be able to do it. Uh, you guys had a day off. What did you do on your Wednesday off? Uh, glued tires. Okay. So let's talk about that because there was also some more kerfuffle with tires in um uh, in two wheel drive there wasn't any kerfuffle they just said that we were only allowed to have six sets of tires right but they were trying to put a limit on the open tire as well on the front if i remember correctly i was told um 
I'm not too sure on that one because we all ran. We glued up the new void front tire, like for making because mm-hmm. when we practiced, it was good, and it was not good when we raced. And then um, we ran the uh, some guys ran the AKA tire with the rim cut, like mm. I to show you. But we did that, and then uh, Tater, I think, ran um, a normal front bald eagle uh, from Proline in the front. Okay, yeah, because he's Proline anyway, right? Yeah. Okay, so two-wheel drive comes up. Once again, Fender's in their favorite. Uh, Ongaro actually starts on pull, because if you're going off your your, your practice round, oh, hold on, seating round three. Seating round three. Brennan Schimmel, yeah. dude, takes a... Uh, Takes your top seed, and it's Brendan Schimmel, Fenn, Horn, Sontag, so, uh, Chase Lemieux. So, so Horn top seeded. Okay, so you said your top three goes into this. Okay, so I'm so confused. so Q2 Hold on. is what should have decided it, but the last round of seeding is where you started in your heat. Okay, so Aiden Horn, Marcus Carrot, Brendan Schimmel, Ongaro, Brock Champlin, Taylor Sontag, Spencer Rifkin, Cole Tyler, Dakota Fenn, or yeah, Arlowski yeah. are your top ten. Okay, so those are your top seeds. Aiden Horn taking your top seed for, for this. He had a 56.7. Let's say compared to Karap, who had a 57 flat, and Shimo had a 57.1. Yeah. So Ongaro not showing you know the same pace as he did in four-wheel drive right off the bat. Not surprised. Different type of car. Uh, a little bit different. Uh, going into Q1, Dakota Fend takes the TQ. And I'm like, yeah. all right, Fend's back. He got shook up in four-wheel drive. He's back in two-wheel drive. He uh, he took a dominating TQ of Q1. Well, he, he took a, not a dominating, but he, he TQ'd over his rival, his nemesis, Spencer Rifkin. Uh, Fenn had a 16.507.2. Rifkin had a 16.507.5. So only two point two and a half, yeah. two, two tenths. Ongaro was back with a 509. We had Sontag with a 509. Mayfield and Cavallari finally show up uh, as well. Uh, Aiden Horn seventh, Brock Chapman ninth, Davy Bada. Oh, that's a good run for him. Nine, Your Newman too, looking good. Yeah, and then Schimmel, Tallard, Evans, Carup in fourteenth, and Coelho in fifteenth, and Tasman. Ooh, Tasman on eighteenth. Not happy about that. I would say. Uh, so then we go on to Q two, and I'm thinking, all right, Taylor Suntag, he cues this. Brock Chapman second. This is when I'm like, ooh. I've seen, I've been watching Tater for the last year and a half. Yeah. And he has beat Fenn at some of these races in eight scale and 10 scale. Was not surprised to see Tater doing well at this race in, in two wheel drive or four wheel drive. But it goes Sontag, Chaplin Horn, Cavallari with another top five, Carrop with top five, Mayfield six, Angaro seven, Schimmel, Rifkin, Bada. Where the heck was Fenn? Um, he had another. He had a rough run like that qualifier. He did. I think I actually watched this. He made some mistakes, and that cost him. So going into Q three, Tater again, but Tater by a whole second almost over Ongaro, Schimmel having a good one. Tallard, Rifkin, Arlowski shows up. Cavallari, Brock Champlin, Jorn Newman, and Dustin Evans. Hmm. Wow, Austin Cracknell had a good run too. Yeah. Wow. Wow, Harley, yeah, Harley Yoshi beat a bunch yep. of fast guys. Just going through this. Kyoto Kuiki, his name shows up later on in this, if I remember yep. correctly. Tell me a little bit about him. 
Uh, he came down for like a month, I think, uh, for the warm-up and stayed there. And um, I think the track conditions from the warm-up to what we all practiced on to what we're running were completely different. Okay. So now we're in Q4. Rivkin takes TQ. Fen second. Not too set. Wow. Like, freaking Rivkin demolished these guys by three seconds. He was on it. Yeah. So it's Rivkin, Fenn, Horn, Cavallari, Orlowski, Coelho, Newman, Ongaro, Tesman, Chase Lemieux, Cole Tallard, 11th, Mayfield, and 12th. And I think uh, Taylor had a stinker. Mm-hmm. He had a bad stinker. So going into Q5, which done took place on Main's Day, we saw Brock Champlin, Davide Ongaro, Taylor Sontag with a three, Ryan Mayfield, Kyrup, Evans, Your Newman, Rifkin, Coelho, Aiden Horn. Wow, what happened to Brock? He just kind of showed up at that last qualifier. Yeah, they uh, they changed some stuff, and he uh, the last he had a qualifier where he had a DNF, but he just they figured like some stuff out in the morning run, and he went out there and TQ. Yeah, they had that new car there too. What did you think yeah. about that? Um, Cavalier ran it a couple a couple of weeks ago, and it looked really good. It seems like the Schumacher team is always like working to develop stuff and get you know their name a little more known in the United States. So they got, you know, the right people to do it. Okay. Awesome stuff. Uh, I guess this would be the dirt version of the car. I know they're yeah. primarily carpet and AstroTurf over in, the, in Europe. But with that said, Champlain takes that TQ. And let's see the overall TQs here. So in the end, it was Tater because he had a 0, zero and a 3. Uh, Spencer Rifkin, who had a zero, four and a 2. And Ongaro, third. Brock Champlin, fourth. Dakota Fenn, fifth. Aiden Horn, sixth. Ryan Cavallari, seventh. Eighth was Mayfield. Carrop, ninth. And Schimmel, tenth. I think missing out on this, which was surprising, was Coelho. Bada, oh, Bada finished 14th. Orlowski would not be happy as well. You know, this is something he would have thought he would be in the main for. And he's yeah. in 16th. And Ty Tessman, Don, in 17th. So Tessman having a very disappointing world. But Taylor Suntag taking over that TQ, going into finals day. I think the world was buzzing, right? We just had this European guy come over to America and dominate. Yeah. Now we have Tater, who's kind of the unexpected hero in all of this, I would say. Yeah, like I, I, I definitely expected him to make the main. Okay, yes. I'm not surprised at that. Yeah, but like just watching him drive, the, the comfortable, how comfortable he was how confident he looked in his stuff. Like he just drove good. Like there, yeah. there was like when he was out front, a couple qualifiers, I'm like, no one's beating this kid. Like well, this really? guy is on. Yeah. That's how good he looked. That's how good he looked. I, I've seen him like that a few times, but he'd always make mistakes. Right. No, he, this weekend you couldn't shake him. Honestly. That's good. That's good. 16. He is right. Yeah. Alrighty then. So we go into Main's day after while well, we're in Main's day after the the qualifier. Don't you you guys get some practice too? I think the the guys got yeah. open practice after that. We got a uh, we got a world practice round. Here's Yoni Yoni Spleenless Wonder. Let's look at A1, which Taylor actually won. Mm-hmm. You'll put that up on there. Excuse me, I got a cough. I apologize. So Tater 
this actually starts a little bit in. So it, it could have been all it could have been all bad the first lap. Tater kind of hooked a pipe. I saw and that, it, and it collected. Well, then at first Brock got onto Brock got into somebody, and then um, after that, it just was a yeah. So Tater gets out in front. He, I see where he hooks that pipe mm-hmm. and gets it wrong. Oh, shucks. This is just the short end of this. Hold on. It's in two parts on, uh, on Live RC. It's because they did the driver leg intros and stuff like that, I think. What? Or no, they're probably showing the where they had to, to make Cavalier do the stop and go for no reason. I'll be going to talk about that because I thought that was a stop, a, a very silly stop and go. So this is the main herb. We'll see Tater come up. I think he gets it wrong on this double coming up her. He gets it. He tags that a little bit. Oh, yeah. And that puts uh, Fan Fan. right behind him. And then Fan just, he just flops. He jumped off the track this lap, I think. Yeah, he just, I I have no idea how he does that. He just accelerates out of there and accelerates completely right into the driver's stand. How does he do that? Um, the, the takeoff there wasn't the most grip. So if you didn't line it up straight, mm-hmm. you were going into the wall. So if he looks pretty comfortable and that is horn behind him. Yep. Yeah. All right. So Taylor gets out front. He takes Q one. We're going to see, this is a dumb penalty. I have to agree. Um, I don't understand how Cavalier got a penalty for this when horn went so- sideways. So so Aiden got so Aiden got loose. Mm-hmm. Cavalier had nowhere to go, and he and he tagged him a bit, but he just kept going, which is it wasn't you know Cavalier's fault at all. And then you you got to stop and go. How long did you have to stop for? Uh, he just he didn't completely stop. He just let Aiden like go by. Yeah, but this okay. So this wasn't his fault. I'm I'm pretty sure Cav was not happy about this. No, it, well, because it you know. He could have had a two when he got a three for no reason. Also, didn't uh, him and uh, Arlowski have a little bit of a coming together as well? Not a coming together, but I saw in qualifying that Cav uh, kind of had a checkup going over that triple and this, this whatever, and he went off while they were qualifying. And they, I mean, he wasn't, he didn't look too mad. He looked a little bit upset. Uh, one thing I forgot to ask is what did they actually change from? The two-wheel drive track to the four-wheel drive. Track. Uh, the end of the straightaway and the center-like section, and this okay, this like section like right here. Okay, now did that adversely affect anything in grip or whatnot? Changing um, that on? Honestly, it it grooved up pretty quick. Like there wasn't it wasn't super loose there for like it was only loose there. I feel like for the first like practice like session, and then it continued to get more and more grip. Okay, all right, so. Tater wins this race. You'll see the stop and go by Cav her shortly on the penalty that was enforced to him. Now we was at the Peach State Classic and we actually stopped the racing on Main's Day to watch the final. So everybody gathered around yeah. the around the screens. We stopped the racing there and watched it, and everybody was cheering for Tater. Super happy about Tater for Tater about this because you know Tater Sontag did not have the best reputation as a young kid. He, let's yeah. be honest, he is very rude. He he used to he a lot of lot of grown man wanted to beat his little wanted to kick his his little ass when he was younger, 
But as as yours, I remember when I first met him, he was really young and he was just walking around and he came up said something to me, nothing rude. But as he's grown up, no, grown up, he's also been doing this for quite some time, right? Yeah. As he's gotten older, he's now only 16. He has gotten a lot better. Yeah. And, uh, I've I've gotten to know his dad a little bit as well, who's an excellent pit man, by the way. And he's very calm. Like he doesn't, I've, I haven't seen him act out or anything like he used to. So he's gotten that under control. Yeah. It's very good he, to he, see. He's definitely a lot more calm than he used than he used to be. Right. And then to come out here at 16 and win a world championship and nobody was expecting it was absolutely amazing. What was the, what was it like when he won in A2? Um, everyone was screaming. Just, you know, um, a lot of people were on there didn't think he was going to do it. And I remember like watching like a one of my, he's got this, like, like this, mm-hmm. his kid's going to win. Really? Um, I thought it was insane. very good for, for him. Uh, yeah, it I was think... good for him. It was good for TLR. I'm like the yeah. last person who won a world title for TLR or Losi, I believe was Cavalieri in 03. He or... was thinking about this. It was Yuka Stanari too, I believe. One, I think it was... That one two wheel drive. Yeah. No, sorry, Kinwald. I was still was the last person to win. No, it was okay. uh, it was Cav- so so Cavalry won a title for them in four wheel. Okay, and I don't but know who was if, the last two wheel drive race. I took it was either Kinwald or um, Sonari. Sonari was four wheel drive, I believe. Okay, because Francis won two wheel. No, that's way before my time. Yeah. Well, not I should have said way before my time, but before I was actually paying attention to 10 scale, I've always been a nitro guy. So um we're gonna we're gonna this is A2. We'll start there's only 12 seconds of this, 52 seconds, and then I'll go to the next one. So well, there's Tater I, out I, there. I, I, this is probably the last like the last like few laps. Okay, so we'll just do it here where he I'll, we'll do the last few laps where he celebrates, sorry. And and gets that reward. I, I I was super happy for him. I I think he saved TLRs, but because obviously Fen was the favorite going into her, I think he saved TLRs. But and uh, Angaro saved Associates, right? Yeah. Uh, but mind you, it was a, I think it was a lot closer. As we, as we can see, it was definitely a lot closer oh. in four wheel drive compared to this. But man. Tater was not, I did not expect Tater to win this. I expected Fan to win it for TLR. I expected Rivkin to win it for Associated. And Tater was the hero that TLR needed this weekend. Yeah. And I thought it was a great result for him. There we see everybody clapping. Oh, I thought they had the. Yeah, I the uh, Matt probably has all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, what was it like when this kid won this? Like, just just Seriously. uproar. Like, it was just not, not, not in a bad way. Just everyone was clapping. It was all loud and just. Like, you know, it's kind of, I think, you know, for everyone going to A3 being like, well. He did it for America. Yeah. America, like, you, you know, the Europeans come over and conquer in four-wheel drive and the American wins two-wheel drive. I think, yeah. I think you're going to ask for a better story out of Worlds, right? No. Yeah, I don't no, it was could. good. Yeah. Like the Europeans came out swinging in four-wheel and in two-wheel, you know, the USA showed up. I, I think both of those winners were great. Uh, obviously, I, it would have been great to see like a fan win this, or maybe a Rifkin win this on his home track. But because I think a, the last a, few winners in two will have all been American, if 
Yes, because it was yep. uh, 2017. It was Rifkin. Mayfield. Mayfield, sorry. 2018. 2018 was Mayfield. Uh, no, 2018 no, was, it was 17. Was it? Tw- yeah, sorry. 2017 yeah. was Mayfield. 2019 was Rifkin. Yep. 2015 was Rifkin as well. Yep. And, and then 2013 was, was 2013 was um, it was Tebow. Tebow. So Parson won Drive. Yep. And 2017 was Coelho one full wheel drive. 2019, obviously, 20, 2015, Coelho one full wheel mm. drive. 2017, Mayfield won both. 2019 was Coelho again. Yeah. So we're seeing a little bit of a trend here. Yeah. <clears throat> so maybe next year. Maybe next year. Next in 2025. Five. It's going to be a double American win. I don't know. Like the, like the Australians, I think. Well, there's yeah. like. It, that's where it's supposed supposed to be. A couple of my buddies in Australia have been telling me. Like at that Chargers uh, track? No. I okay. don't think it's going to be there. It's going to be somewhere else. Okay. Um. All right. Let's get into a little bit of other things that happened there. By the way, congratulations to the VDNR. Congratulations to yep. Tater. Ooh, I would I would have loved to have been in that conversation Monday. Uh, with Fend not having a world championship. Tater having one before him, his paddle one. Where do you think that bumps Tater up on the totem pole of TLR? Still- I don't know, because uh, the same thing happened to Mayfield in 2015. You know what I mean? Like, his protege, Spencer like Rifkin, wins a title before he wins. So, it's kind of a trend. You know, you're... you're uh, well, I would say this. A lot of people are like, yeah, Tater's going to get paid. He's going to get a big salary. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's obviously going to make some money off contingency. But I think he still has to have more cons- he has to have more consistent wins under his yeah. belt to start demanding that big salary. Yeah. I think TLR will up his if he stays with TLR, which I'm pretty sure he will, uh, will up his travel budget. I'm sure he'll probably get a smaller salary or something. He'll be able to race more. Phantom obviously will pay him some more money. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think you're gonna see that instant, oh, he's gonna make like uh, a big salary. Not that all of these guys make a big salary anyway. You probably make more money racing stock, to be honest. Um, but I think he definitely makes a big contingency and he has to have more consistent wins in both to be better than Fenn because Fenn's still one of the best racers in the world. To be better than Fenn in 8-scale off-road and 8-scale on off, uh, yeah. scale and 10-scale off-road. So he still has a big ladder to climb. He's still young. He's only 16, so he has a lot. He just seems like he's been racing for so long. Yeah. Uh, Ongaro, on the other hand, also cements his position as probably the number one driver in Associated right now. Yeah, um, for sure. Like, I, I believe they were talking about him coming to a couple more 10 skill events like next year. Mm-hmm. So, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Congratulations to them both. Let's talk about something else that happened at this race was the unveiling of the new Mugen two-wheel drive yeah. buggy. Tell us a little bit about that. I should have had that up and up in pictures. Let me find it while you talk about it. Um, it looked similar to one of the platforms out there. It looks Just say like it. looks like a looks like a low C. It, it does look like a low C car, but a low C car that has uh, an updated transmission case and a couple other parts. No, I also saw that Shin was running a four wheel drive TLR. Yeah, yep. Uh, when I talked to him, when he came down to SDRC, he's like, I'm running Mugen two-wheel and low C4 with Mugen parts. So he had the Mugen shocks and the Mugen like, rear arms on it. 
Mm. With those rear arms, you can adjust the uh, where the shock mounts. So from side to side, and then going up and down, you can shim it out. Mm-hmm. So could you know could be potentially a pretty good setup option for the Mugen camp. Now, do you feel that we will? So there, I guess my question would be, who is going to drive this car for Mugen? Is it going to be Drake? Is um, it? You know, because he kind of he's busy. Are they gonna? Are, does this mean we're gonna see Mugen uh, hire a driver? I know. You uh, both. One of their touring car guys, Jacob Cruz, has been talking about running to ten scale more, and, and like he's came out a couple times to like SDRC and ran ten scale. He gets around pretty good, so I think this will you know kind of motivate him and his dad Mark to come out and run a little more ten scale than what they were doing. Here we are looking at some pictures of the yeah. Mugen. Oh, 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 I like this. This aluminum insert for the. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what I was like talking about. Ooh, see, I'm visual. I have to see that. That's different. Does that does any other ten scale car have that? No. Ooh. So they can run. How do they lengthen the width of the car of the width of the arms then through how? You said they can um, adjust them. Well, so they so not the width of the arms is what I was saying. Uh, so they can raise and lower that mount with washers. And then you can flip that thing, I believe, to run the shock farther in. Oh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Let's see what else we have. Here's the layout. So th- see, that's little things like that that make a difference, right? Yeah. Mm, it looks pretty. You know what? Honestly, I've looked at them, but this is the first time I've really looked at the pictures. Ooh, they got a front sway bar. You don't see mm-hmm. many two-wheel drives coming with front sway bars nowadays. The low-sea car uh, runs a front sway bar all the time. Okay. And that's what, you know. I was wrong. Um, Interesting. So what is the talk about the four-wheel drive? Are we going to see one of them soon? Uh, I'm sure we will sooner like, or later. I mean, it's only natural, right? Yeah. Dude, do you know how long people have been waiting for Mugen to make 10-scale electric cars? Since so I was been, like... So they've been talking about it for a while. And um, they talked about it last year. And I remember uh, being at the touring car track, and they were like, yeah, I think that they're going to do it. And then, you know, here we are now, and they did it. So Absolutely. How it, did it look on the track? It didn't look bad. It looked pretty good. I think it's a good thing, you know, just getting a little bit more brand divert diversity like out there instead of you know the same like instead of the same like two brands out there just having the the 10 scale market is not saturated like the eight scale market no yeah uh we have about three million chassis companies and more coming in the eight scale market and in in 10 scale you have tlr associated schumacher x-ray that's your main maybe a a tink a trinkle of serpent and obviously, PR comes around once in a while. Yeah, stuff, but, yeah. Yeah, S-Works too, sorry. But uh, people have been, I think people have been waiting for Mugen to make 10-scale cars since, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this works. It's going to be interesting to see who they hire. I know a lot of people's like, oh, David Ronafalk's going to be running it. But I don't see that happening because, <clears throat> one, I know that Mugen, the, the, one of the reasons... <laughs> That Mayfield left was because they don't pay too well. So, uh, and they have the Killick brothers. So the Killick brothers will probably be running this as well because they have been doing a lot more ten scale. But I really like this. I like this yeah, a lot. That's that's a pretty badass like option. I think. I like that. I like that. 
All right. Uh, before we move on to some questions, tell us a little bit about some of the things you did not like at the Worlds, like organization-wise, what could have been better. I did hear a lot of my European friends messaging me and complaining about it. Uh, but the Euros are used to a certain standard yeah. compared to a lot of things. So they're always going to complain about what goes on. I think, that the they are, I think that they did a pretty good job of the event, like overall. Uh, the only thing that I um, wasn't super keen on was, um, I honestly can't think of anything that I didn't like. I was just trying to go, go around the track half the time anyway so i wasn't super concerned about what was going on um there's nothing i can really think of that i didn't enjoy about the track um maybe How about the organization i i see i'm i'm privy to a lot of other things i know there was jeff parker was being jeff parker um i talked to a couple of my i know the 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 takeout with Cav was a big thing with my a couple of the Schumacher guys, which I think yeah. that was sorry the Aiden Horn Cav incident, which shouldn't have yeah. been an incident. But I heard that, uh, yeah, I was you know, look, my European friends are always going to complain about USM US events not being run how they want it to be run. Yeah. And like I told them, I said, you guys have had years and years of experience of running races properly, you know, yeah. and how you want it. So it you have to give them a little bit of time. Uh, I, I mean, I think it was from the outside looking in. Besides, obviously, Tiregate, it looked pretty good. I think the facility done a great job. Yeah. I think we had a very memorable Worlds. The coverage was great. We had a lot of coverage there as well. Uh, it's good to see companies like Red RC there covering yeah. it as well. I was reading their interviews and stuff like that. Well, I think it was but, good to have uh to have Clayton have Clayton there. Uh, Clayton did a good job of kind of orchestrating and making sure everything. You know, didn't go. Well, I heard he had no choice because Ifmar was not pretty much non-existent. Yeah, Ifmar the wasn't there. The only Ifmar representation there was was Jeff Parker. Yes, and he spent most of his time in a resort. I'm told. Um, I'm not going to ease up on that man because he shouldn't even be involved in Ifmar, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good, except the tire tire thing. It was so many different types of media outlet. I, I really watched a lot of Mitchell and Mike. Mick on the Mitch on the Mike's content yeah. as well. Uh, we got that iconic picture of like Nelson. That that was probably one of the best yeah, pictures. Uh, it was Mason. T- it was Mason Templeman's car and one of the Aussies. It was that. Mitch's car. The same. It, guy, it Mitch was Mitch's car. That's, yeah, yeah so. that's a pretty good pick. That with Nelson just going ha. Ah. That was awesome. Breaking. Iconic pick, and we we had like, <clears throat> I think we'll talk about this worlds kind of like the Tebow and Hartson worlds. Yeah. Right. We'll talk about this world for many, many years ago with Taylor winning it unexpectedly, Ongaro winning it unexpectedly. And uh, I actually was halfway through, like, even though I enjoyed the races I was at, I wish I would have been there. I really wish I would have been there. And of course, you gave me shit because you're like, how could you be in America and not be at the world? It's pretty simple. I went where things pay bills. Uh, I, I, I completely understand that. <laughs> uh, so... I thought it was good. Too bad on your piss poor performance. I think we're going to demote you to Squire now from Sarspinilis. We're, we're, we're going to Hoosier though next week to redeem myself. Is it that's that like, at Hoosier? Huh? That's at Hoosier, that race that you're going to Yeah. Ooh. And so Matt like, will be uh, there covering it, right? Yeah, a lot of guys are going. Again, yes. it is, it's the worlds without the Europeans, pretty much. Oh, that facility is so nice. Uh, Hoosier, yeah. I want to get there one day. 
Uh, I know they have a big race in January too. First mm-hmm. week. Are you going there in January? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I believe okay. Lance. Uh, Lance is usually. He is doing it. He is doing the coverage. I've been asked. Uh, I know, but I would have to uh, ask Matt if he wants a commentator or whatever. Maybe I'll just go up there and do my. Honestly, dude, I got. I need a break for a little while, but uh, I I haven't even finished my year yet. I still got like six more races to go. Yeah. Um. Maybe seven. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But I always want I wanted to get to Hoosier. It looks like a great place. Thank you for going there. Thank you to congratulations once again to the facility for ad, com, overcoming the adversity and putting on a good show. Thank you to all the competitors that came over. I love the worlds. I wish I would have been there. I guess we're going to have to wait for 2025. Oh, that's going to be Australia. I probably won't make that one. Um, we'll see. Never say never. And I look forward, you know, I look forward to Masters of Dirt coming up here. Yeah. In a I, couple, uh, uh, I don't know if we're doing guys a dirt master and doesn't made it to masters of dirt. Incredible. Um, I think it was good. I think it was good. Uh, let's wrap it up. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Um, Larry and the crew, Jake, Matt, I will be, uh, Jerry, uh, everyone else who was involved with the event did an awesome job. Thank you guys again. I would agree uh, with you. I think it, you know, couldn't have gone better with even some of the hiccups that they had. So, you know, hats off to everyone involved, like with the event at Hobby Action, Clayton at Roar. Um, and yeah. I think Roar's going in a great direction. Yeah. Very good direction. So, very well done. Uh, thank you guys for the entertainment. Well done, Davide. Thank you for giving me six months of bragging rights. Is it more like three because Tater just cut it in half? No, I'm extending it to a year. America won our Europe. If we're going by the worlds from last year, two. Oh, shucks. DNC, two. Mayfield won. Ooh, but Marco won Silver State. So, one up. Brufalo. Rufalo, we already talked about him leaving so far. This morning, yeah. Yes, that was a surprise. <clears throat> I heard he's going to have... Well, I already told you who, who I think he's going to... I think he's going to WRC. I'm pretty hard that he's going to WRC. I already said it earlier in the podcast when you was invisibly there. Invisibly there. You know what, dude? We have some questions that you have to answer because oh, now boy. you're our 10-scale specialist. We don't have that much. I know... I know you're struggling to stay awake. You're like no, GQ. I, like, I, I know. I saw one of these like questions and I know who it's from. So I. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, we have quite a few questions here. Uh, uh, not that much, but quite a few. That is brought to you by BeachRC. BeachRC.com. The Racers One Stop Online Hobby Shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Thank you to BeachRC for their continued support. <laughs> 
we have an affiliate link that you guys can use in the written description of this podcast. Please use it. It helps us out. Thank you to Brent and everybody. I will see everybody at Masters as well as Fall Bro coming up later on this year. Also, this is brought to you by Sidewinder Fuel. Morgan Fuel has been collaborating with many of the world's top drivers for over 40 years. This has enabled them to test our fuels in many of the most challenging situations and take development of competition fuels to the next level. The result is Sidewinder, the market's most powerful racing fuel. This fuel has been track tested and proven by national world champions such as Ryan Cavallari, Ryan Mayfield, Greg, the Todagani, Mark Pavitas, and currently being run by the phenomenal Phenom, who can't be called Phenom because that's already taken by Dakota Fenn, but Vietnamese American driver, Phi Long Wing, Little Bump. These drivers appreciate that Sidewinder is blended perfectly for the high performance needs of competitive racing today. Do not let victory slip through your fingers. Purchase Sidewinder right now. And you can find it Sidewinder at your local hobby shop. So contact them if you want to get some uh, as well. Oh, contact me. I'll put you in contact with them. All right. So we have a few questions for you, good buddy. First up from Facebook is how comparable was the world track to a normal club day at Hobby Action, especially with grip levels in two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive layout design? What would you do differently knowing what you know after the race? Um, not run a different radio before the event. Um, and um, what else? Uh, setup was a little different. We ran softer shock packages and a couple different things. We ran a little more toe than we normally do in two-wheel, just to get a little, a little more grip um, than what we do on a normal, traditional hobby action uh, grip style like layout. Okay. Mark Thomas asked about the Hobby Wing G3 motor. We already explained that in the yeah. in that. Uh, but also, Kyle Munson wants to know, why is there a need to approve a mod motor? Batteries, I understand, from a safety aspect, but motors being a mod class, why does it matter? Um, I think because some of the guys use the stock blanks in their modified-like motors, and some of the stuff that they do in stock isn't legal for modified. Also, I think it also has to be available. Yeah, to the to public. Yeah. Yes. All right, and I think this question right comes there. from, I think the next question comes from Kyosha's number one fanboy, Mike Sorchi, who makes the best radio? Hashtag too soon. <laughs> San Juan. You, you can plead the fifth on that if you want, but you didn't. All right. Yeah. Dallas Hoover wants to know, is there an order of setup changes that you have? So if you felt your car needs to change, what do you try first? Diff fluid, roll center, pill change, or springs? Thanks. Love the show. Normally, um, if my car doesn't feel in, in, in the track, I'll mess with pills. Uh, I'll lower them a bit. Um, mess with shock oil or springs. And then after that, uh, start messing with camera links and all that fun stuff. Connie Swenson of House of RC, I would like you to reflect on the fact that <clears throat> the Europeans were strong in four-wheel drive. But Americans ruined two-wheel drive also seemed like associated as always was well represented in both finals. Schumacher looked strong in both, in both, and TLR were especially strong in two-wheel drive, even if they have the oldest platform. He would like to hear your opinions on the different brands and what does Mugen bring to the table? Can they actually make a difference? 
Um, I know at most events the TLR stuff makes the most amount of grip. So when we did like Reedy Race and all that stuff on the spec tires the first day, the TLR stuff always had a lot of grip um, compared to the other cars at the time. Uh, I still think that it's probably pretty like relevant still that the TLR car makes like decent amount of grip. Mm-hmm. They're coming out with options to you know give it a little less grip with the longer chassis and stuff like that. Now, what about the Associated cars and the Schumacher cars compared to the TLR? Um, the Associated car makes a decent amount of grip. Uh, I would say that, com- like this weekend, uh, the TLR car just was good. Like the the layout suited it, the tire choice like suited it. Uh, but the Associated car on most day to day normal like normal like surfaces is uh, the most versatile, easiest to drive car. I think. Right, because it does well on carpet and it does well on dirt. Right. Yeah. How about the Schumacher? How much work do they have to do to get more competitive? Um, honestly, it seemed like they're pretty pretty right there. Like Brock TQ Nationals in two-wheel. Um, you know, his stuff was good. And then they came back a couple weeks ago and ran their new two-wheel, and everything looked pretty good. So I think that they're right there. Uh, I'm not sure what other stuff they plan on tweaking before that car comes out, but they seem to have a lot of stuff figured out already. Now we talked about what the what Mugen brings to the table. We saw some cool bits. Do you think we'll see like a carpet dark version of that car? Or I do don't think, think so. Okay. Like, I'm sure that they'll. I'm sure that they'll include most of the parts that you need to convert from dirt to carpet, or they'll come out with the parts. Okay. Later on. Also, uh, what about us? What about TLR? Is there a new two wheel drive, four wheel drive coming for them? Um, I think the four-wheel drive, they came out with an Elite kit like a year ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I don't think they plan on coming out with anything new. And two-wheel drive, you know, if this would give them more of a reason not to come out with a new car. I would think, you know, they just won the worlds with the car that they've had for forever. What, is, what is the current platform called for that two-wheel drive? 22 5.0 uh, Elite. Mm. Have they had a 22X yet? Uh, for the four wheel, mm, it was called a twenty two X. Yeah, it's it's a twenty two X four. Okay, so that does they don't use that anymore. No, but not in two wheel drive. No, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know what their plans are. Um, they okay. uh, they seem to be you know everything seems to be going to plan with their stuff. So, what do you think, like a guy like Fen does after this? Same same thing as always. You just go back to the track and, you know, do mm-hmm. the best that you can. I would agree there. Nicholas Paul, he goes, I would like to know how to buy a motor from you, Speedless Wonder. Um, we sell motors through 1UpBike Racing. Uh, we'll have some stuff coming out here soon. Uh, I just got a big shipment of motors in from them. And then um, they'll be for sale hopefully next week. I leave to Hoosier on Wednesday, so I'm waiting on some shims from a my supplier and then uh yeah you can get them through through one up or uh, you can send me a motor and i charge a certain amount to get everything tuned yep hit him up get send this man some business we need to promote his business glitch rc all right eric quarter quarter mouse quarter quarter mouse i hope i said that right quarter mouse moose mouse when you run prototype parts at an event such as the world's if they aren't working as designed not suited or not suited for your driving style 
do you go back to your tried and true or ride it out for for testing purposes? Um, I've never ran prototype parts at a world championship event. Um, the only time I've ran prototype parts at any event was uh, the Reedy race when I ran for Yokomo. We ran um, prototype rear hubs for the four wheel that allowed us to just the hub height. Mm. And um, I I got them a week before the race was going on because Shin, Shin, Shin came down. And I definitely think they were better. Okay. So we have two more questions, then we're done. Zachary Kohler. He wants to know, was T- was the TLR team actually running B64 hubs and cast blocks on the cars? How much not fact, non-factory parts are you allowed to run at the Worlds? Um, so it's open, I believe, like car-wise. Uh, yes, I believe the TLR team ran the B6.1, which is the same from the point two to the point three uh, caster block and spindles. I know that they're not allowed to do that after the race like going forward uh, because I would like to say, uh, and I'm not quoting like anybody, uh, they have to cut a bunch of stuff to get the front end mod on their car. Mm. I'm sure if they would have broken anything during the event, it would have had to set, sit, sit there with the Dremel and get everything cut. Mm, um, okay. I know steering feel and geometry wise, it's probably a little different, but um, yeah, they were, they were like using that. Um, but I know that they're not going to be very uh, apparent about how to get it to fit and all that stuff. Oh, of course not. All right. And our last question is from, I guess, one of your SDRC locals, because this was actually <clears throat> in the SDRC chat. Hold on. Let me find it. I just had it. First question by Edward Garcia. Mm-hmm. Why do you change your car every run? Um, I wasn't trying to change my car like every run. Uh, I couldn't get the feeling I wanted out of it, and I couldn't really feel what was going on like with my car the whole time. Like, anyway, Ed was there. Mm-hmm. He saw what happened. So, I think it's just giving you some shit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you everybody for your questions. Uh, we will have Maddie G on some more. I hope you. I hope you do come masters. Uh, I would can... like to. It just depends on what I have to do here at home, like for one up or. Uh, Affording you it. know what? You know what? Everybody that wants Maddie D to come to Masters of Dart next month, share this podcast to BTRC's Facebook page. There we go. And to his Facebook page. And to One Up's Facebook page. Get it going. We want Maddie G at Masters of Dart. Carpet Championships, you're not coming, right? No, I don't run carpet anymore. Why? It's the future. I can't wait. I'll be there. <laughs> I, I that's going to be the, that's like a carpet worlds right there. Yeah, Perfect. it is. And you're going to be at home because you don't like carpet no more. The future. God doesn't want our future. All right, Maddie G. Um, thank you for your time, and I appreciate it. Uh, unfortunately, the rounds didn't go as you want. Oh, thank you for representing Team Mexico, by the way. I did. Did you see the picture of me and Davey? Yes, of course. I, I shared it. Uh, I think you guys need to get a Mexican flag. I think you pissed off some Mexicans, though. I have to let them know that you are of Mexican heritage. You are Mexican-American. You and Davey Bada. But uh, next time, let's get you a flag to share, not just a drawing. <laughs> yeah, but you you have every right to support Mexico because you are Mexican American, and so it's Bada, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So good stuff. Uh, very entertaining. Very entertaining. Was there any Mexican? There was no Mexican team there. Still, Mexicans number one ten scale drivers. You and David Bada. You and David Bada. 
you know what, buddy? Uh, that's enough. We've been going on for an hour and 60 minutes. I thank you for your time. Yep, no problem. Good luck at Huser next week as well. Thank I'll be watching that. Yeah. Mod will be covering that. Thank you to, you know what? I have to give a shout out to Matt. I know that guys worked hard. I know it's very hard to do coverage as well, especially managing a team like that and a lot of pressure being on being as such a big event as the Worlds. So congratulations to them. Uh, I did enjoy the coverage. The, it was that part of it was good. They did get some good interviews and stuff as well, walking around. Zach did a really good job of interviewing yeah. as well. Um, and it was a long race, right? Ten days being there, so very yeah, long. You race, definitely so. lose tr track of time and like days at that point. So of course, yes, very long race. So we thank them for their coverage. Uh, thank you. Check out Glitch RC for your motor needs, everybody. This guy right here. And uh, thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. I am I am dropping another podcast next week. It's going to be more about the HDGP that I attended. Mm -hmm. Max will take some of your questions, and we have the other Max want to talk about it. Then I'm off to FRCC, hopefully, for their race. That's a quick hop. Leave on a Friday, come back on a Sunday. And, yeah, all that good stuff. All that stuff. Thank you to the NNRC patrons and YouTube members. I appreciate you guys' support. Uh, you should get early release of this. Uh, shout out to InvisibleSpeed.net. Don't forget to take advantage of that deal going on. Of course, to High Tech RC for all their continued support. Hefty at Sumpadal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Stacked RC, Donathan RC, Racecraft US. There's a lot of RC companies. RC, Racecraft USA. Uh, shout out to the Florida RC Championships, WRCE Danny Paz. Check out my boy Gene for SJ Racing for your builds. House of RC, RCGP, and of course, our drivers, David Ronafalk, Jared Tebow, Robert Batty, and Alexander Bagberg. And now demoted from Sir to Squire. Displaying this wonder. The main wonder right there. Make go, go, you know, when you go to Hooser, you got to make up for that D main performance. Oh, don't worry, uh, don't worry. My, I, 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 I hopefully can. You, know. you will be you'll be all right. you've been to Hoosier before. Good luck yeah. at that and um have Maybe. fun. Thank you for your time, dude. Yeah. And um we look forward to seeing I'll be watching Hoosier next week. No, actually I'll be at a race, so I won't be watching it. I'm lying. I'll watch it when you come and after I come back. Uh thank you everybody for the time. Lefty, Nitro is the glory, e-buggy pays the bills, 10 scale builds the skills i guess build 10 skill builds the skills there we go that's jason rona's thing builds the skills lefty and the spleenless wonder we're out as soon as i find this outro we are out bye everybody have a good weekend be safe be a great rc ambassador have fun we're out